Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is episode 34 on the Merry Beers podcast with Peter Shankman. Welcome to Merry Beers. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our Merry Biz on. We are really, really excited about today's guest. We had the pleasure of hanging out with him at Tropical Think Tank, and we're pretty sure it was love at first sight. Our guest helps people, companies, and brands be better, nicer, gain the love of their customers, and make more money. And he does this through speaking, consulting, and writing. He's been featured on pretty much all the media outlets in the history of ever. And you know what? He's just a kind, generous, darn smart person. And we are so, so excited to have him on the show. Welcome to Mary Biz. Peter Shankman. Woo! The best intro I've ever had in my life. How are you guys? <laughs> we, we are so awesome. good. And we're like really excited, as we said, really, really excited to have you on the show. So thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm speaking to you from my parents' apartment, which is three blocks west of mine in Manhattan. I'm, I, they were watching my daughter today. So I'm just, just here to pick her up. I, you know, once you have, you, you guys will find this out once you have kids, but once you have kids, that means your parents have grandkids and you cease to exist. So, <laughs> as, as far as they're concerned, I'm here dropping off pizza. Oh, well, she is cute. We have seen photos of her, so we understand. She is indeed very cute. So, Peter, the first question we ask everyone is, what has been on your agenda today? And we know it's nighttime where you are in Manhattan. It is 5.03 p.m. on a Friday night. So what was my agenda today? Well, I can tell you, I was up, so I woke up, it was funny, I actually, I had a late dinner last night, I had dinner with friends, and so I got home around quarter to 11, and you guys know me, you hung out with me for a week, quarter to 11, I've been asleep for three hours, right, so yeah. I got to sleep at around 11, 11, 15, and when my alarm went off at four o'clock, oh my gosh, for the gym, I wasn't feeling that great, and so I, it was funny, I went and I said, I texted my trainer, I said, you know what, I'm exhausted, not gonna happen, just stay in bed, and I put the phone down, and I looked at it 30 seconds later. I was like, all right, she hasn't responded yet. All right, God damn it. And I texted her, all right, never mind. I'm getting up. I'm on my way. <laughs> so I got up and I'm proud. I'm proud that I did because I, I would have felt like crap had I not worked out. So I, I, I did the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the office by like around seven. And then I had two interviews and then I had a coffee with someone. And then I had my mastermind breakthrough call and then my mastermind alumni breakthrough call so i had two breakthrough calls this afternoon then i booked a nice size speaking gig for deloitte so i'm speaking to deloitte and then i walked about two miles from my office over to my parents apartment and here we are 
cool. Awesome. Uh, it's so cool to hear how people's days pan out. I know, and I totally get the whole, like, you want to sleep in, especially because you had so little sleep. But you feel so bloody awesome if you go to the gym, don't you? Well, it's, it's that. And, you know, plus, for whatever reason, I guess I had a lot of – I went to a steakhouse last night, so I had a lot of protein. So mm. I actually looked really good today. It's like, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's, it's a selfie gym day. Like, you know, so – at the end of the day, I'm really I'm just 14 and, I, and apparently a girl. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it was all good. We totally saw your snipes, and yeah, you your your guns are looking awesome. I'm getting there. I'm yeah. getting there. It's so exciting. So, Peter, we want to take our listeners back to where it all began for you, because we were super inspired to hear your story at Tropical Think Tank. But I know that some of our listeners probably have never heard it before. Yeah, I mean, I'll make it short to save your ears again, but essentially I <laughs> was in graduate school studying fashion and portrait photography. I had 18 credits to go. I lost my financial aid. The government in the U.S., you know, they're very picky about who they give grad school financial aid to. They sent me a letter that said, your parents make too much money. We're taking away your financial aid. I sent the government back a letter that said they do make too much money, but they keep it. And the government didn't find that funny. So I moved back home and I was living back in the city and I was hanging out in a chat room in America online and uh, someone else in that chat room worked for AOL and she said, send me your resume. And two weeks later I was being moved down to Virginia to help launch the newsroom in America online. And it was just a ridiculous time, amazing experience. So fortunate. And yeah. And so that was, uh, that was how I started. I ran that for three years, came back home, consulted, did a bunch of stuff. And then eventually, you know, ran a PR firm, the whole thing. And then eventually launched help a reporter out, help a reporter was an idea that I had out of the blue that sort of changed how journalists and sources did their jobs and sort of, sort of changed journalism, changed journalism in a lot of ways. And then from there, that's it. I, I you know, I, since then I've been consulting and working and having fun. I'm very, you know, I am incredibly, incredibly lucky and I'm just, I'm so incredibly fortunate that I get to do mm-hmm. what I love to do and, and have a good time doing it and I get to help people in the process. I currently, I give keynote speeches all around the world. I've written Four books, including two bestsellers. I am, oh, what the hell else do I do? I go on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I said, very, very, very fortunate. You're yeah. Pretty much, you're pretty much just epic. Pretty much epic. Well, I'm very lucky. I'm very, <laughs> I, I've, worked my, I've worked my ass off. Yes. I've worked my ass off and I'm, and I'm very lucky. Exactly. You definitely have. Yes. And what we'd really love to get your point of view on is branding. So like, in your words, like, what is a brand? Because it's not just a logo and, like, a font and colors. Like, there's so much more to it. Like, I'd love to hear your perspective. Ah, what can I tell you? I think that branding is essentially everything that you do. So whether it's how your logo looks to how you act in mm-hmm. public, you know, it's mm-hmm. your brand is everything that in any way good or bad is connected to you. I mm-hmm. am always amazed by people who, you know, do something stupid and then blame when they get caught. Oh, goddamn Twitter. I'm like, how did Twitter make you do this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> make you do this, you know, like, there was a senator in New York, a congressman in New York who was running for mayor named Anthony Weiner, and he he basically sent, pardon me, I know this is a sure family-friendly blog uh, podcast, so I apologize, but he sent dick pics. <laughs> Instead of sending them to the girl he was cheating with, he sent it, like, to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing this on the news. Like, I remember it. Oh, God, my I was gosh. 
I was on TV nonstop for six months over that, but it was awesome. But, you know, he's sitting there saying, he's saying, uh, you know, I I must have been hacked. It was Chinese hackers. I'm like, all right, first of all, no one knew who you were. You weren't important enough to get hacked. Second of all, they hacked your zipper. (laughs) You know, it's like, don't be stupid. Just just be smarter. Don't be stupid. I totally get that. And it's like it crosses over to when you attend events and like you're representing either your personal brand or your company or your business, like it all is a part of the brand. It is. And so, you know, and then they say, oh, well, I wasn't, I wasn't on, I wasn't working. I wasn't in the office, which didn't affect, mm. right. So if you run the company and you're a dumbass who's caught on camera, like kicking a dog because you weren't in the office, mm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's so Yeah, true. it makes a lot of sense. And like, that's with social media, like everything is like ready to share. Like if people have their phones, they want to get action, like they're going to share it. Yeah, it's like um, I saw on the news, it like went crazy on Facebook, that teacher who was twerking at some festival and she got fired. Like, I don't know why we were getting that on our Facebook. <laughs> like, it was like that's, in America. I, well, not for nothing, guys, but I've seen you twerk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was no. twerking. Here's here's the point, you know, what I what I think is that you need to be aware that no matter how benign it might seem to you, someone out there is going to get pissed off. You know, yeah. someone out there is going to have their panties too tight and I mean for I I used to teach a class at NYU on PR and marketing mm-hmm. and I said all my kids, brilliant kids were all looking for internships. And so I sent out a bunch of emails to all of my PR friends and I posted on Facebook and say, guys, I got some college students looking to work for free. They just want the experience. So, you know, if you need some slave labor, let me know. <laughs> because when I was in college, that's what we called it. Yeah. And sure enough, someone got pissy. Oh, my God. He used the term slave labor. He must be a racist. Da, 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 da. Oh. I'm like, are you kidding me? And they're like, they're like, yeah, we're not sure that you should come back next semester and teach. And I'm like, if you're gonna get that upset over over a term that I use, that by the way, got seven of my students jobs. Yeah, I'm not sure I really want to come back and teach. Wow. So you know, and but it's just like, so there's always gonna be someone stupid, and you know, at the end of the day, you just have to be smarter. I mean, I, I'm everyone's like, oh, you must be so worried about your daughter. I'm like, actually, I'm not because. When I grew up, I'm 43, and I grew up with, with the expectation that privacy existed. My daughter's going to grow up knowing the expectation that it, mm. that it does not exist, so she'll be smarter. That's yeah, so I true. totally agree with that. Gosh, love that. So, like, how – what about, like, you know, trying to find your unique points in your brand? Because, like, you know, people, I think they think that it's hard to stand out because there's so – it's such a saturated market. But, like, how can you, like, tap into your uniqueness and really showcase that to the world? what are you good at, mm-hmm. right? What is your talent? What do you understand? What do you know that is better than everyone else, mm-hmm. right? And the problem is, is that a lot of people do that, but they tend to do it in such a way like, look at me, Look at how awesome I am. Mm. The best and the best example I can give you: go to a bar. You're sitting in a bar, and I, I, I might have mentioned this. You're sitting in a bar. Guy comes up to you you never met before and says, "You know, you guys don't know me, but I am just awesome in bed." <laughs> All right? And and just like that, my mother's phone rings. I'm assuming she's going to answer it because she is home. <laughs> so you know, you're you're sitting there and. 
Someone comes up to you and says, you know, you guys, you don't know me, but I'm awesome in bed. And, you know, he has that like sort of like 1970s porn mustache going on. You're like, ew, gross, get away from me. You know, you, th- you throw your drink yeah. in his face, right? I, that, I've done a lot of research. That's ex- mm-hmm. If you're sitting there just talking to each other and one of you spots a guy across the room and says, oh, my God, I know him. He's, I've heard really good mm-hmm. things about him. I met him once or twice. He's really smart, kind. He has a cat. You're going to love him. I'm going to introduce you. Chances are <laughs> one of you is going to get his number because that comes from a trusted source. Yeah. Right. So the reason I bring it up is because the concept of help, the concept of your brand can be defined by help. If you are willing to offer your knowledge in such a way that it helps someone mm. as opposed to selling to them, then it's not self-promotion. It's not icky. It's help. And everyone loves someone who helps. People hate people who self-promote. If, if help, oh if help is bacon, self-promotion is Nickelback. i'm gonna quote you on that one that's a quotable (laughs) and that's one thing that we really noticed about you peter at tropical think tank is that you were so generous like not only like you know the speaking session but outside of you know like just the day-to-day talking and on the table stuff and during the social events like you were just like generous with your time and ideas which is so awesome to see I think you have to be. I think you have a responsibility. If you've done even remotely well in your life, you have a responsibility. Yeah, that is just awesome. I love it so, so, so much. So I think bring the elevator back to bring the elevator back to the bottom of the uh, of, of the ground and give it to other people. I really believe that. It's so good. So Peter, I want to talk to you about ADOS because I love your podcast. We listen to it. Thank you. Yeah, and so I want to know how you embraced. Like ADOS, which you need to go into and tell our listeners about, and how you're kind of showcasing it to the world and making, you know, other people embrace their adversities. Well, what other people would think are adversities. So the concept of ADOS, of course, stands for attention deficit ooh shiny. <laughs> when, you know, what it is, attention deficit, uh, hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. And I am very fortunate that I have it and I use it to my advantage. I I believe that my ADHD is responsible for a lot of my success because I don't really care what people think about me. Rather, I focus on doing good things and, you know, again, helping people, but using my talents the way that they come with ADD to be able to do that. So for instance, I talk to everyone, right? So I will, you know, the person who who I pity the most is the guy on the plane next to me because unless he fakes his death, I'm going to know everything about him by the time we land. (laughs) And so my goal is to, okay, I met this guy. He does some really interesting stuff on the plane. I met him on the plane, did some really interesting stuff. Who can I connect him to? How can I help him? And I just, I love doing that. And so ADHD allows me to not so much care what other people think about me. If he doesn't want to talk, He'll put on his headset, but or put on his headphones. But mm. I'm not going to miss a perfectly good opportunity without trying. Mm, I love that so much, and um, I guess like what I got from listening to that podcast was that you know you used it to your advantage. So I think it's really important to be aware of like what you've been given or what you have, and like use it to your advantage. Don't go the other way. Exactly. You know, and know what you have. There's a great line from Game of Thrones, find your weakness and embrace yourself in it for then no one can use it against you. Oh. You know, own, essentially what they mean is own it. You know, I, I was the most socially awkward kid you ever met probably till I was 30. 
Some would say I still am. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but I use it to my advantage. I talk to people. I get to meet great people like you guys. And I, I get to help people in the process. And, you know, where, where's the downside to that? So, but on the flip side, you need to make sure that you have tremendous, you need to focus tremendously on your ability to hack your life without, for lack of a better word, in a way that helps you. So, you know, I don't drink, right? Mm-hmm. I don't drink because if I drink, I drink a lot and I tend to do stupid shit. So mm-hmm. it's like, let's not do that. And then, you know, so I do that. I, I focus on making sure that my, that my, that what I wear, I, I, I keep my wardrobe down to a bare minimum. I have t-shirts, I have jeans, I have button down shirts, I have jackets, that's it. Yeah. Right. If I had, a, if I had to decide what to wear every day, oh, I remember that sweater. I got that sweater from Laura. Whatever happened to Laura? I should look her. Oh, look what she's doing on Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Wow. There's an article about llamas. Let me read. All of a sudden it's <laughs> nine hours later and I haven't left the apartment. So yeah. You know, it's about knowing it's about eating healthy. It's about taking care of yourself. You know, you, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. And so to run my life the way I do and to be successful at it, I have to implement those rules. And they're great because they really do help me stay in control. Yeah, that's awesome. And like you talk touched on like health and like you've spoken about your gym, like you've changed your lifestyle a lot in the last little while and like you've lost a lot of weight. Like, how has this impacted life generally? And I guess, like, the work you do as well. I'm just happier. I'm just yeah. so much, so much freaking happier. I'm happier. I feel healthier. I feel, That's so good. You know, everything is sort of just like, I'd much rather do, I'd much rather, you know, where a day used to end in a double vodka martini, now it ends with a run. And there's just, you get the mm-hmm. same endorphins, but added bonus, you burn an extra thousand calories and you're not dehydrated. So it's like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Uh, like I, I, uh, I don't know. I just think that is so inspiring, and it like for us, even like when we met you, we were just like, this is so so good. Like to see someone just embrace like that a new lifestyle and see such positive impact. I think it's absolutely amazing. It's exciting. I mean, I got to tell you, I looked just even today when I finally got into those into the gym and I was lifting, and I, I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, damn. You know, it's like this is paying off and there's no greater feeling in the world than that. And so yeah. it makes you want to keep doing it. So true. Yeah, when you see the results, it's just like, yes, I'm going to keep going. So, Peter, you live in New York, which is one of our favorite cities in the whole entire world. We spent three weeks there, I think, a couple of years ago. So we would love to know what your favorite thing about living in New York is. There is a quote that I'm going to find and read you about New York that is my all-time favorite quote about this city. Hang on. It says, it basically explain, it explains what New York is. So let me see mm-hmm. where it is. Here we go. It says, bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, oh, come on. Facebook needs a better system. Here it is. Okay. Yay. It says, New York 101, it'll rob you and cheat you. It'll take your friends and turn them on you. It'll kick your ass and break your heart. But then it'll pick you up again, make you feel so totally alive and untouchable. It's the center of the world. It's the best place in the world. And once it's in your heart, it'll never leave you. And growing up in Manhattan, mm. you know, being a city kid, you know, I, I attribute a lot of my success to my ability to hustle and to learn yeah. and to, at a very early age, how to do everything. I mean, I, you know... I was riding the subway by myself at 11 years old and I learned to be 
independent and I learned who to trust and who not to trust. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get that. In, and there's nothing wrong with small towns. I have absolutely no problem with small towns, but there is a, there is an attitude and a style that you get growing up in New York that is just, that does not exist anywhere else. And the people I've met, the, 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 the relationships I've had, the best ones have always been with people who have also grown up in this city. And I want my daughter to grow up in Manhattan and to be a public school kid, just like I was, you know, it, it, Mm. There's something real about that, and I, I'm just very blessed that I got that opportunity. Oh, I wow. love that so much. It makes me want to go back. <laughs> Definitely makes me want to go back. So you're at your parents' house, and we know that you have like a really good relationship with your parents. So like we really loved hearing that story because we have a, an amazing relationship with our parents too. So would they be your biggest influences in your life, or is there someone else that has just influenced you whether that be business or just life in general? I think I got the best, the best of both worlds. I mean, I got from my parents the ability to be creative and the ability to try new things and march to the beat of a different drummer. And then from my, from my father, I got the ability to be humorous, to be funny, to inject humor into everything and to find the fun in everything. From my, you know, from both my parents, I got all of that. And then I got a lot of it on my own because in a lot of ways, I'm very different from my parents. Mm. You know, they were both teachers. They, you know, were very, they did very, you know, they did, they did very, they did things that were very secure, right? And that's what you did in in the fifties and sixties. And we don't do that. We do different things. So it's, you know, it's exciting in that regard. I love that. And how do you like smash through the fear of like, you know, because some people like they want to do something different, but they're like, oh. What if something bad happens? My logic is very simple. Worst thing that can happen. What's the worst possible thing that can happen? I always ask myself that. What's the worst possible thing that can happen? Mm-hmm. Right? And if it doesn't involve death or deportation, <laughs> you know, you got to ask yourself, what's the worst possible thing and if if there's no true negative you know what where, where's the, where's the downside and if you yeah. if it's not that bad then I I say just do it you know and you can always try something and if it fails it fails but I have a great line I I don't what is it I don't lose I either win or I learn yeah, it's so true. Because even when shit does go down, it's just like, well, they were just lessons. I'm going to use that to my advantage in my next decisions. I love it. Exactly. Oh, so good. Exactly. You're amazing, Peter. And we've had like so much fun chatting with you. And we're really just grateful for your time here on Mary Biz. And we're almost out of time. We have one more question for you. Please. But first, we would love you to tell all of our listeners where they can find more information about you. Certainly. So my life is at shankman.com, which is currently in the process of being redesigned. Shankminds.com is the mastermind I run with 130 very cool people. Mm-hmm. And then fasterthannormal.com is the ADD podcast. And at the end of the day, I am at Peter Shankman on all of the socials. Awesome. Yes. And yes, 
follow Peter on Snapchat because he shares some awesome gold on that platform. <laughs> sure does. So, Peter, the last question we have, which you might have already spoken about, is what is the one mantra you're living by right at this moment? <sighs> one mantra I'm living by. There's a great quote that teaches you to avoid the drama. And that quote is, not my circus, not my monkeys. Mm. I love that. I love that so much. And yeah, what a great lesson, I think, and way to live. Oh, thank you so much, Peter, for coming on the show and just for sharing all of your knowledge. And of course, always being so generous with it. We really appreciate it. And we've had the best time chatting with you. This is a blast, guys. Enjoy your Saturday. We'll talk again soon. Huge love to Peter for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure to have you on Mary Beers and we can't wait to catch up next time we're in New York. If you loved that episode, you're going to want to make sure that you're on our mailing list so you get all the Mary Beers updates every single week. All you need to do is head on over to the merrymakersisters.com forward slash biz. That's B-I-Z. All you need to do is give us your email address and we'll send you updates every single week with all the latest episodes. Trust us, you want to know when the new episodes are out, right? Have the best day ever. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.